Hey, everybody. It is Monday night. It is 7 o'clock. That means it's time for the yard sign. I'm Johnny Torres. Thank you so much for watching. I know we've been away for a little bit. We're working on some big things for 2021 uh, behind the scenes. Can't wait to tell you all about all the cool stuff we have planned for you guys. Um, it, it's going to take the whole show to a whole new level, a whole new audience. Uh, I'm incredibly excited about it. We're going to be partnering with some friends that are, uh, you know, have always been really supportive of what we're trying to do here. And uh, the show is just going to blow up next year. And I'm, uh, I'm incredibly excited about it. Almost as excited as I am about today's uh, guest panelist. So we'll get to that in a second. Uh, first of all, let's go ahead and run out today's topics. We are doing COVID part two. We're seeing uh, spikes all across the country of uh, the coronavirus. And uh, magically, the masks don't seem to be getting the job done. Um, <laughs> also, uh, of course, uh, the timing could not have been any better as uh, the vaccine is now ready post-election and uh, as predicted. Uh, so we'll take uh, pick apart, you know, how that's going to roll out, uh, the pros and cons and who's going to get it and who's not. Uh, also, um, believe it or not, it is also time to start looking at 2022. What did the midterm elections look like? Who are some of the players that we're going to see? Uh, um, are we going to see some new faces, some old faces? Uh, we'll pick that apart with today's panel and Biden's first 100 days. Um, for some reason, it's uh, you know it, it's kind of the milestone of any administration, and uh, again, so far seems like Biden will be taking office at the uh, uh, towards the end of January, and uh, so we'll we'll do some predictions and uh, some dissection of what we might be able to expect from President Elect Joe Biden. Uh, but before we do that, going to go ahead and go over to the table as uh, all my gentlemen friends are intensely focused on their electronic devices. From uh, right to left, we'll start off right to left. Uh, that gentleman there that we always love having on the show, um, especially when he's scarfed up, that is Mr. Anibal Cabrera. Yes. I know, I wasn't even being sarcastic this time. Happy that the temperature has allowed me to start wearing scarves. I think it is a, <laughs> an addition to everyone's uh, motif as an addition to well, the and, season. And now you can wrap it around your face, and it's like an instant mask, you know, and just tie it around your face, and then you don't have to carry a mask. And I'm not going to do scarf. that. You lose the silhouette of having the scarf <laughs> lay on you, and then you match <clears> it with the, the face long. mask. You, you can do both. You can be like the kids Ooh. in Charlie Brown, where the scarf just comes up to like halfway up their face. The point of the scarf is fashion, not for utility of a mask. Oh, if you had a mask me. that match your scarf, that would be fashion. I'm yes. Not, I don't have that kind oh, of that would disposable be next level. income, but thank <laughs> you. Level. I am going to try now. <laughs> well, from the flannel, we move to the Argyle, and that is Chris Verkhylin. Always looking sharp, my friend. How are you? Good to see you. I've missed you all. I've been out. I just had a, uh, a surgery on my arm to get some uh, some steel taken out. I know. I'm glad to be back with you guys. No after, longer the uh, Iron Man. Oh. No longer the Iron Man. I can't be claiming to be a bionic anymore but also the argyle is as wonderful like i'm gonna throw this like two times a year in florida <laughs> yeah and, uh, so here we are well i always appreciate you dressing up and uh, also looking incredibly sharp as always because if you ever run into this guy anywhere around town he's always looking like a million bucks for the first time on the yard sign please welcome akash patel what's going Thank on you man? so much for having me I'm a long time <laughs> listener first time viewer i guess the first time panelist i know and, and you know we've been talking about it for months <laughs> and for one reason or another we just hadn't been able to make it happen but uh you know thank you so much for being here i'm excited to have you on uh you know a lot of people they see your business side right like they see the side of you that's networking the side of you that's uh, out there making deals making things happen introducing people but not a lot of people know your political side so i'm really excited about this 
Yeah, thanks again. And really appreciate all you're doing it uh, for the local party. And I mean, known each other for a long time. I look at this 2012 sign. Yeah. That was really good old days. I know. Yeah. That was, that was early on in our friendship. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, I remember, uh, actually I have a fond memory of a cool meeting we had at, uh, Hattrick's. That's right. With Gary Johnson. Which, yeah. yeah. Which is actually one of my favorite sports bars, I think anywhere. I mean, uh, Hattrick's is one of a kind and, and it's certainly one of the best sports bars in Tampa, right? For sure. If all you right. go after duckies. Oh no, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, look, only if Lingoria was like literally seating you, uh, you know, if he was playing host at the front, then then I might agree with you. But other than that, Duckies doesn't hold a candle to uh, hat tricks. Not, not on its best day. Don't at me, bro. all right COVID part due as we see the cases spike all across the country we are of course seeing um some disparity in uh, the caseloads uh and uh, of course the handling of and uh, as expected democrats uh while a little in power very loud in their um uh a criticism of uh, Governor DeSantis uh, because Governor DeSantis has decided, uh, you know, no lockdowns, no mandates, uh, even putting his foot down and saying that even the counties and the cities uh, need to kind of take it easy with the uh, mass mandates. And so, I mean, do you guys see a particular trend? You know, and I'll, I'll kind of chime in later, but do you guys see a particular trend among red states, blue states, the different ways this is being handled in terms of what's effective and what's not? <laughs> it's funny you actually asked this because yesterday I spent two hours of my time compiling a list of the states, their senior populations, and their death rates by seniors or senior death rates by, by population. And I sorted them uh, by highest to lowest and assigned each state a blue or red label based on the success of each party in the last four elections. And uh, what I found was the first five on that list on the uh, the bad side uh, were all blue states. And as much as I don't think that I don't think that anyone has particularly good handle on it, I think it has to do with a lot of population density in particular. But what you're seeing is everyone saying Democrats are doing the right thing because they're doing these lockdowns, they're doing these mask mandates, they're doing all these restrictive actions on the people. And they're not having any goods to show for it. And you have the middle of the the list that I generated uh, filled with red states, you know, and it goes to show that these red states that haven't done these things are doing just as well on the COVID front, but their economic situation is remaining much stronger than the blue states have. I feel that we're definitely seeing a do as I say, not as I do situation. A lot of hypocrisy is really starting to show in the different states that are occurring at the moment. Uh, Huckabee, Governor Huckabee made a great commentary about it, that there are a lot of churches in California that are not allowed to be open, but strip clubs are completely open, allowed to be open in California uh, because the adult entertainers <laughs> need paychecks as well. And so the way that they did that aspect of Um, to still have church services is that the pastors in two churches in California, and if I can look at it real quick. They hire strippers? No, the (laughs) the, the main pastor actually did a striptease during service, which was for 30 seconds, which then classified the church as a strip club, so that they were allowed to have more than 10 people at the service. I mean, look, being raised uh, Catholic, I mean, Jesus was always half naked anyway. So, I mean, it was, uh, was I mean, <laughs> look, I, you know, and then, you know, the tithing comes around and so it gets awkward, you know, it's just, if you don't put something in the basket. Oh, uh, Johnny, I think, I think it really shows how lucky we are to live in Florida. We always knew we were lucky because of the taxes, the weather and the whole less traffic. But you think about 
Governor DeSantis and his leadership, and then even our local elected officials, who majority are Democrat in Hillsborough, they're still they're still out there doing ribbon cuttings and acting normal, and the businesses are thriving. I had three events last week, so the community and the business community is out. Restaurants are booming and opening. Correct. I mean, you think about how many jobs probably were cut in hospitality. You know, tourism is our big industry here in Florida, and I think uh, I just joined the board of Visitant Bay, our local uh, tourism agency, and I mean, they're they're expecting next week big conventions are going to be back. Next year, sorry, 2021. Well, so. look, I mean, in, in here, we, we, you know, here in Tampa, we have the most to lose. I mean, we got the Super Bowl coming up, which I know yeah. you're also very much involved with. And uh, if, if you don't mind, really, just not to, you know, go off on too much of a tangent, but could mm -hmm. you give us a little bit of an idea of what some of the discussions are being had, you know, kind of how it's being discussed as to, you know, what the expectations are, how this is going to be handled given today's numbers and kind of what we're seeing right now? Well, unfortunately, they ca they canceled the Gasparilla Parade, which was going to be a big draw for tourists. That they moved the Gasparilla. Well, they moved it. Sorry, they moved it to April. Um, but we are going to have all the outdoor activities. It looks like on the Riverwalk, and they're going to have to wear masks. And they're going to have Trump Archer text. And the fans for the stadium rest of right now is thirteen percent, which is what the Bucks have anyway. If you go to a football game, home game right now, it's about fourteen thousand fans or so, maybe a little more. I went to the Monday night game a couple weeks ago, and you know it's interesting. They 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 actually tape are off the seats. So you can't even wow. try to sneak into your, your friend's nice. sections. They zip <laughs> yeah. line the seats. So I think that's what you're going to see uh, in uh, in Tampa on February 7th. But right now, what are those numbers? Is it about half the capacity of the stadium? Uh, not even, right? I think it's like, what, like a third? I've heard that it's going to get to is hopefully like 15, 20,000. They published about that. Right now, where is it at, though? 13%. So, thirty okay. yeah, thir about 14,000. So actually, we were, we were watching a college hockey game, and they had s seats cordoned off. But everyone's sitting in the same section. Right. If you're family, if you're with family and you bought the seats together, then you can sit together. Everyone in the entire stadium was sitting in the same two sections. Is that how it is the Buck Stadium? No. Was this no. in Canada? Like, where was this at? No, Canada, you can't have Idaho, Wisconsin. It was oh, a college game. Yeah. It's college. No, you, you can Yeah, they don't have that. They don't have that. Okay. They have it. So like four in a row and then skip 10 and then four more in a row. Okay. Mm -hmm. That makes more sense. Yeah. I would hope it wouldn't be so nonsensical in Florida. But. but Johnny, like I'm going to the opening of a new hotel next week, the JW Marriott in downtown, which has to be open for the Super Bowl because mm -hmm. oh, yeah. they're expecting. That place looks amazing. Yeah, I mean, and they're going to have the Raptors, which by the way, because Canada can't have the basketball. Yep. So that Raptors are starting next week and we're going to get those fans. And um, and that's where the JW is where the Raptors will be practicing. So I think. I know some the, people have been joking about it, but it may be worth giving it a shot trading the rays for the rap I'm, I'm just putting it out there i mean look i love baseball i grew up playing baseball but i mean the emily arena is just such an amazing venue and the trop is the trop and you know what i i think i think they're gonna see a huge response uh from tampa bay uh for these raptor games uh i myself i i, I can't wait um you know drake or no drake <laughs> <laughs> Even with all the BLM support from the NBA and their uh, their use of Chinese slave labor to produce their jerseys and shoes. Well, wow, I didn't say I'd pay straight there. <laughs> my well, goodness. I didn't, I didn't say I'd pay for my tickets. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, look, I don't buy jerseys. I don't buy sneakers. I don't buy any of that stuff. I mean, that's where they get their money. Um, I do. Know, I want to say that it's a great. Do get. I enjoy watching sports? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think it's a great get for the city of Tampa, for the Tampa Bay area. Yeah. I think it's awesome. We're going to be able to see that kind of that kind of constant movement happening, coming back to the city of Tampa, coming back to downtown. And it's going to be enjoyable. I will say something I have missed this entire COVID season is restaurant openings. I'm yeah. not going to lie. That's what I love to love going to when everything was up and about going to business networking events, going to going to um, just visiting friends and family and being able to just 
put money back into the economy. And if in places like Florida, you have that ability to go back and forth and be able to do that. And restaurants are still being very safe. Everyone has a mask if you're not eating. And, and there's like plexiglass in different places. But I couldn't even imagine being in California and oh like not being able to go to a restaurant, not being able to support my friends that own restaurants. And but yet see the governor of uh, Governor New Newton? New Newsom. Yeah, Newsom. Newsom, yeah. Go to the French Laundry and be able to have a, what, I think it was like a $50,000 dinner, which is not that surprising if you've been to the floor, the been to the French Laundry, just because like starting is like 300 and something dollars for, for a plate there. It's absolutely insane. It's a great experience, but it's an insane I've not price been, tag. so what did you get there? So we got a frog <laughs> ball <laughs> and we got little vegetables and like carrots that were, it's very French. Julienne. Yeah, it's very French, but like you can see like their like garden and farm across the street. So it's a cool like farm to table at you're spending the money <laughs> and we didn't, we didn't spend the money. So we were, we were, it was a gift from a family friend. I'm going to leave it at that. It was a great experience. So right. what you're saying though, is if you're a governor, then the COVID doesn't get you. I want to say if you are an elected official, it doesn't uh, harm Democrat, uh, Democrat elected officials. <laughs> it sees your blue check mark and <laughs> yep. Yeah, because remember, you don't get it also if you're sitting at a restaurant and you're sitting down. But I think uh, they're closing restaurants, they're closing bars, they're allowing strip clubs to stay open. They've closed churches and a lot of other establishments in, in California. So I, I couldn't imagine the hypocrisy and how people it's, are really going to get pissed off in California. It's everywhere. You have the the governor of California. You have the mayor of Austin. You have the mayor of San Francisco, the mayor of Los Angeles, mm -hmm. a whole uh, slew of Democratic elected officials in California and across the country, like Lori Lightfoot in Chicago, yes. um, a handful of other ones doing things that they dictate are not okay for you, but it's okay for them because Lori Lightfoot said that, oh, I'm a public figure, so I have to get my hair cut so I look good on national TV. Excuse the F out of me. You give these elected officials a little bit of power and they go, they take the entire thing. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna be surprised if you see more. I mean, you have candidates now that are talking about mandating people wearing uh, masks and mandating that people take the, the vaccine that's coming down the pike. And it's very scary to think that you're gonna have to, you don't wanna have to push back, but you're gonna have to push back as an individual, as an American citizen, if they keep on pushing their narrative, especially in the press and everything else, about wanting the the mandate. Again, I wear a mask, odds are we'll probably figure, well, we won't take the first dose of, of the vaccine, but it's my personal choice. And I think that's what people are forgetting. But states, some states are really thinking about making it into a mandate. But like, All right, but, but you're getting you're getting ahead of, of you know, of today's agenda. Correct. Because I mean, we were talking about, obviously, now that we're seeing a <laughs> spike, and it's not just national, it's, it's all, all across the globe, right? We're seeing a, the, the second wave of this virus. Um, you know, again, we see the disparity in how it's being handled. And honestly, to me, as I've always said, is that I don't think they've got this thing figured out. I don't think they understand, other than this vaccine, I don't think they know how to stop it other than by this vaccine. And, and because 
I mean, again, masks have been enforced. Um, yeah, there's there's been some relaxing of, of the mask mandates. But overall, I mean, no matter what state you're in or what city you're in, I mean, I see the people wearing masks and I see people being careful. And, and nonetheless, it doesn't seem to have a, a really huge effect on the numbers. Look at New York, California, Florida, Texas. I mean, they, they're all showing similar trends despite mm-hmm. The disparity in how they're handling the virus. It really comes down to being an emotional thing. People want some kind of safety. They want some kind of visual representation of something that's going to help them avoid what they think is certain death. So you have, you know, these people that are, are afraid and they, they need something, you know. So yeah, I mean, there's those folks that are going to get angry, you know, at you because you're not wearing your mask while you're driving your car, or you know, or 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 because you take it off for a minute, you know. And uh, I mean, I literally had a guy, you know, just yell profanities at me because for less than thirty seconds, I got within, you know, maybe four or five feet of him. Yeah, and so people are are you know, incredible. There's some people that are very paranoid about this thing, but then those are the people that shouldn't be out in the first place. This guy is yelling at me because I'm five feet away from him or, or four feet away from him without a mask. And yet he's at a high school football game surrounded by hundreds of people. <laughs> and, and so there's that, there's that logic again, that makes no sense to me. If you are that worried about getting sick, why are you out on a Friday yeah. night at a football field with hundreds of people? I saw this guy, uh, he was on Daily Wire today, uh, this TikToker, this de- Democrat TikToker, this little kid, uh, go to a Trump rally in Georgia, this one that was this past, this past uh, Saturday or Sunday, and he was begging people in line to put on a mask. He's like, people are dying, I'm so afraid of this. It's like, well, if the mask is protecting you and not me, and I'm not wearing it, and you're that afraid of it, why are you here next to me in this line? Yeah. It's, it's absurd. Right. And I, I really think that this is, I mean, it's naive to think that one of nature's oldest uh, most powerful forces, micro, microbiological, microbiological uh, you know, organisms, thing you can control that as a human being is incredibly naive and incredibly arrogant. Yeah. yeah. No. no, look, there was, um, you know, there was another podcast I was listening to recently and uh, the guy's a virologist and he was saying that in, a, in any given gallon of water, there are like 10,000 viruses um, that we ingest and we just don't realize it. It doesn't have any, any major effect on us. Um, again, I think once this vaccine rolls out, I think we're going to see the numbers drop. I think, you know, uh, is it going to be like a flu thing where we're dealing with this every year? I don't even think so. I think we may be dealing with this. I think we'll deal with this maybe for another year or so, but I don't think it's, it's going to be a perpetual problem. Uh, you know, uh, like the flu is every year. I think we're going to see, and I want to hear Akasha's opinion about this in regards to um, what do you think the outcome is now that we have a now we have a vaccine. Oh, I'm sorry. Seeing that, I'm sorry, to get back to the original conversation we were having, is how do you think Florida is going to benefit, and more or less the Tampa Bay area, now that you see what's happening around the country and more people are flocking to our state? Well, it's funny because 200 people a day leave New York City. They're leaving New York and they're coming to Florida. We don't know what part of Florida. We know a thousand people a day come to Florida. We assume about a third of that is in the Tampa area. But you can see the housing market's crazy, right? You can see the, t- the beaches are getting bu- busier. And during its holiday season, so what happens? People in the north flee to the winter, right? Or flee for they come over the winter, they come to the south. So I think, and, you, and the airports are slammed. Yes. Down. And what you're seeing in the rapid tests, they're, they're, they're skyrocketing. It's pretty funny because if you go to Tampa Airport, you know, that... That is where I go if I want a rapid test because it's just easy in and out. Mm-hmm. You get to park for the first hour free. 
right? And you get in and out in 20 minutes, you get results on a $60. And you can get insurance to reimburse you. So, wow. so, and people don't know, it's like a hidden gem because the other places like CVS, Walgreens, TGH, or, or Urgent Care, you have to go and make an appointment. Tampa Airport, you just go drive up. So I think Tampa is going to definitely be, and like you said, you know, it's spiking for sure here, Johnny. But at the same time, people want to come where they know they're going to enjoy. And so if you're going to get sick, why not get sick in paradise? Really, it's there. And, they're, and they're going out. I mean, I mean, look, I'm going to the opening of a restaurant in Ybor City uh, called Copper Shaker on Wednesday night. They have one in St. Pete. They're opening in, yeah. in Ybor. And I already know it's like the list is busy and people that are going to be there, they're going to be like, okay, wow, it's too crowded. But you know what you're doing when you go there, right? And you wear your mask. You can see day. what's happening when you, before you walk in the door. Yeah, and, and you t- and you take that risk. Every time you leave your house, whether you're going to wear a mask or not, you know you're taking that risk. And so and able to answer your question, uh, I just think that the first couple months of shock are really over, and now people have accepted it, or they're just, you know, like I didn't I see my dad normally every Sunday. I'm not, I didn't see him this Sunday because I was out last week at an event, and I don't want to mm-hmm. compromise loved ones that are elderly. And that's how you fight it. That's, yeah. that's the 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 best way to do it is to isolate those who are who are vulnerable. And I think that's what we're missing the the picture here. And I think we've all said this already is that it's personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. You're making the choice to go out. I went to Disney World a few weeks ago, besides this past Sunday, and <laughs> I go a few weeks. I thought so. <laughs> and we ran into a few Karens, and it took everything inside of me not to snap back the first time. Every other time I did, and because <laughs> then you realize that they're being such hypocrites when they're making these comments about six feet and wear your mask and everything else. You're already wearing your mask the whole time <laughs> at Disney. Yeah. But at the end of the day, there's no way that you cannot be six feet away from someone. So when someone says, please move back six feet, she literally said, uh, you're not six feet away. I'm like, well, then you take a step back. Why are you telling yes. me to do something yeah. when you should be doing it yourself? And that's just the response that needs to happen. Because the, And I'm going to say now, these individuals that think that they are allowed to push back are bullies. They're trying to bully you into behaving a certain way. And you can't let them do that. You cannot allow them to bully you. The same way that we're no longer allowing the Karens of the world to push back when it comes to what they do, we have to push back also as Republicans, conservatives, and those that understand what it what this situation is occurring when it comes to the medical field it's not working well though you've seen a strong element in tampa and uh in pinellas county of people pushing back and it's not doing a damn thing wow it's it's achieving nothing you have these left officials that are letting it go in one ear out the other maybe not even in one ear um and you you're seeing like the 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 bocc in in pinellas county they just got reelected, so they're emboldened and now you're seeing they are you see these like people like Ron DeSantis is saying, "Oh, we can't. We're not going to have anyone enforce these fines and these uh, restrictions." But the BOCC is doing it anyway, mm-hmm. and they're they're basically counting on lawsuits, and judges aren't taking them. So, what do you do after that? You have to you go, deal with it. Is what you're going to do. You have to go through the court system. That's the only way that this is going to occur. The amount of lawsuits that's going to probably going to happen in the next six months is astronomical. Yeah. That's going to be actually businesses are dead. But that's it's going to be individuals that are going to push because again. I see, yes, in New York and California and other big blue states, business is going to be impossible to restart. I mean, now you're having, you, there's a, a big video out there now that shows a woman walking around the parking lot of her of her business yep. that they're having, that they had to close down as a restaurant, even though she spent like $100,000 to put up tents and have live, to have be able to eat outside and cook outside. And there's a production company doing the same thing, but they're allowed to stay open, but she has to close. It's five times as big too. 
which yeah, which which the the irony of all that is is that she's literally building a structure outside of another structure right. to run her business and we're seeing this i mean there's that one picture in new york i think uh, that's gone viral where they're literally building basically an extension to the restaurant <laughs> yeah. right across the sidewalk so that they can seat people outside well that defeats the whole purpose of people eating outside and we did it here in tampa called lift up local and they've extended that it's great for hyde park downtown tampa and ybor city and it's just funny because you're just getting more people coming downtown. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Akash, uh, when you're talking about people leaving New York City and these these Democrat states to come here, do you think it's a permanent thing or do you think it's temporary? I think, yeah, it's a great question. I think what you're going to find is second homes here and they're going to make this, you know, six months in a day mm -hmm. right, for the tax purposes. Because mm -hmm. these are corporations, CEOs that are finding high-rise condos on the water and now it's time to, they're forcing themselves, they're like, man, life's short. You know, the city mm -hmm. that... You go to city for you go to New York City for the light, the nightlife, and the mm -hmm. Broadways and the excitement and all the restaurants. But if all that closes, Florida's open. Why not come here? So yeah. I think I think you're also seeing a lot of satellite offices of open companies up. moving here because mm -hmm. remember, talent is cheap here compared to the New York and the other big states. Oh yeah, the salary differences are like- Well, what, not 60%? only that, in, in now that you can't network, you right. can't have those in-person meetings. Well, then again, what what good does it you know uh, do you to be in New York? Uh, because, and especially as we get closer to the winter and it gets real cold and it's going to start snowing and all that stuff. If you're going to be remote, why not be remote somewhere you're going to be comfortable and somewhere where you can actually live your life a little bit rather than being locked down in New York, an office New York City. Dead. I mean, look about oh, office space and then, so. you know, you know why yeah. do you need office space if you can yeah. just zoom right. all day, right? And yeah. that's going to be interesting <laughs> to see how that, when we are having a more of a herd a herd, and people are starting to get the vaccine more. When do offices reopen? I know that some offices in New York were trying to force their um, staff to come back because they're killing the, their local economies where those office towers are, are dead, where no one's going for lunch, no one's getting drinks afterwards. That economy is dying because New York has such strict requirements on what they're allowed to do when it comes to open and close. And now you have, I think it's either JP Morgan or some one of the big five financial firms just announced that they're looking for another a big satellite office in florida to move out of new york which is great tax if, harbor no if yeah, you are right. if we'll you're if you're a company in new york or california and you want to give your people a tax uh an income increase you move to texas you move to arizona you move to florida and just there you give them an increase because of all of the benefits of living in the south well and even the real estate play i mean look at what city did you know and look at the massive complex that they own out in hills eastern hillsborough county mm -hmm. again it's ghost town right now um but they're still sitting on a pretty huge piece of real estate and at some point i think you know, all that commercial um real estate comes back you know in in some shape or form um but i think this is going to be a turning point where some of that evolves and maybe we see more of a concentration of like what they're trying to do at university mall where they're trying to mix residential with commercial with uh retail um and i think that's the natural kind of next step for all of this um, but again, I mean, we've had the technology to do everything we're doing now. Um, we just really weren't maximizing it. And this has forced businesses, big and small, to leverage technology that's already out there. And it's made them realize. I mean, there's a, actually, I was talking to a business owner from South Florida. He owned a production company. He's, uh, he had an office space that he was working out of for 20 years and did not re-sign his, his uh, commercial real estate contract uh, because he didn't need it.
Yeah. You know, he can't see his clients in person, you know, and it was a small kind of office. So he doesn't want to be in a small enclosed space with other people. And so he just got rid of it well, and he put all his stuff in storage. I know two mortgage companies that have not renewed their li- their leases and they were able to put, bring everyone home. They were able to give them the equipment and their production levels are even higher than before. Now, I will say that's a detriment to American society, not having that work life balance break. Mm-hmm. But we're all workaholics on this table, so I don't see difficulties. Well, also, I mean, as you've, you've, you probably know this, real estate is your biggest overhead. Mm-hmm. If you yeah. can get rid of that, you can pay people more, you can, you know, invest more in your business and equipment or in, you know, whatever capital well, you need. Productivity, you don't drive in traffic, yep. you don't need a lunch break, you're just gonna work when you need to work. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. You can spend an hour a day earning money instead of sitting on, the, on 275, yeah. well, for me. You know, <laughs> well, well that's your, you chose to live in Pinellas, not us. Yes, I will say yeah. that. <laughs> well, speaking of Pinellas too, I mean, uh, it's funny how the uh, oh, how the uh, whole uh, single-use plastic uh, argument all of a sudden got real quiet when since coronavirus has been around. You know, especially like in Pinellas where they banned the use of plastic straws. <laughs> I mean, you know, think about it. I mean, we would, you know, they've been bashing single-use plastic all this time, and honestly. I wouldn't be surprised if one of the ways that some of this stuff is getting transferred is through poor washing of cups and silverware and stuff like that for those people who are going, still going out to restaurants and things. And so, you know, (laughs) it's, um, you know, it's certainly not playing uh, well for environmentalists because I think it's only exacerbating. Think about it. It, 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 it's increased shipping. Um, you know, so deliveries, Amazon, UPS, UPS, FedEx, you know, all the shipping, you know, cardboard, plastic, I mean, you name it. And then all the delivery stuff, styrofoam, again, single use plastics. I mean, this coronavirus thing, what I don't think anybody's really talking about is the environmental impact that it's having, um, because, of what it's forced us into, you know, in terms of, of lifestyle. Many UPS stores were closed on Sundays, but because FedEx extended their hours on Sundays, the UPS decided to open on Sundays. So we just have <laughs> yeah. more options and more times to ship and people have more time to ship. We're so. gonna, people are going to figure it out. They're going to figure out what's going to happen. I mean, a lot people thought that they were not going to travel for Thanksgiving and we had record numbers for Thanksgiving traveling. Christmas is going to be just as big. I'm already looking for a New Year's Eve party to attend. So like these things are already going to happen and God for, and now we have friends that are visiting us in California, from California, New York, and they're going to stay for a month or two. And because they want to experience life back and I'm, I'm okay with that. I think it's perfectly fine to do that. I will say this though, with the shipping and the FedEx and everything else, I don't have to rebox gifts i get it i take the personal stuff out i wrap it we're good to go like, this <laughs> is go. perfect yeah so are you throwing a party on yours even inviting all of our guests that are listening right now well because we're not friends <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Yard signs, Jersey party. Oh my gosh! Yes, we will be having it at the uh, Elevate office. <laughs> well, <we're> remote. <laughs> yeah. it's twenty twenty. You've been remote for a, a while because you had a little bit of yeah. a, an office. Well, I mean, I have an office, but yeah. I don't. We, we don't have people in there. I yeah. just take my own stuff. Perfect. Yeah. We can put people in there to party. No, yeah, it's, it's it's tough. I, I thought I when when I first started hearing about your and we've known each other forever. Yeah. But high when, school baby. I know. <laughs> sickles but when we when i first heard about your your work model i didn't one i was like that's interesting that they don't have that because i would think about the camaraderie about people being in the same room but then meeting once i met your staff and i was like no they already have that they're already communicating they're already doing what they need to get done i'm like yeah you can get a lot more productivity and now what would have taken 
a decade for all of us of other companies to do had to get done in a month mm-hmm. figuring it all out and this is really moved the needle of how to do business. I love it. I think it's a great way to innovate and move uh, move people online. Yeah, I think people networking wise, they like the interaction, the social interaction. So we always said show up to events and make make connections and then whatever writing you have to do, do where you like to write the best. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everybody, for watching The Yard Sign, the most important and relevant podcast in politics. Uh, I usually tell you at the top of the show, um, but I did forget to mention all the different ways that you can catch the show. Of course, right now we are currently broadcasting live to uh, YouTube as well. You can find all of our previous episodes as well. And then if you want an audio version of the podcast uh, to take with you, you can subscribe on pretty much all of the audio po- uh, podcast platforms, Google, Spotify, Audible, Amazon, um, and Google. No, did I say Google? Um, there we go. Uh, Apple, Google, Audible, Amazon, and Spotify. All right. So make sure you sign up for the audio version of our podcast. Uh, and uh, if you don't mind, just uh, hit that share button right there real quick while you're watching. Uh, our second topic, uh, which was kind of mixed in there a little bit, which was the, the vaccine. Um, now, I know, Enable, you had some numbers as to how this is going to get distributed. Um, but again, you know, the big question is, do you or do you not take the vaccine? Um, I'm not like super consistent about vaccines, you know, the flu vaccine. Um, I, I you know, obviously, I did all my childhood vaccines. But um, I again, hit or miss with the flu vaccine for me. So I don't know that I'm going to go through with a COVID vaccine, even if it is readily available. Um, but it doesn't sound like we're going to get a whole lot of them, right? So and I think um, Akash might know the exact number of what we're getting in Florida. But from what I know right now, that Pfizer's um, approval will be happening on Thursday and then Medina's approval will be happening next early next week. And once they get approved, they will start actually probably that day, they'll start issuing uh, vaccines because those uh those um, vials have already been sent, are being sent now to the hospitals, which I think is something- It's funny how that works. I know. Well, that's that's warp speed. So before the, it couldn't happen all at once, which is happening, which is what's happening now. It was, you had to do the testing and then you had to submit all that information to the FDA, FDA, correct? FDA, yeah, yeah, FDA. And then the FDA would take a few months to figure out and review and everything else. And then that's when they would give the A or nay and months after, and almost, sometimes even a year. But from what we've been told by what's happening in the UK, which already got theirs approved, and by other agencies, is that every time there's a data dump of documentation, it's given to the FDA to review at the same time. So there's no surprises, there's no delay. And then Moderna, Moderna, Moderna has been developed, has been issuing, has been producing their uh, vials for the vaccine for months, so knowing that instead of waiting for it to get approved and then make all the bunch, they've been doing it ahead of time. So if you, you toss them, it doesn't work, you know, but it's good to have it there as a bank in case. Th- Correct. In the likely event that it does work. Yes. And so um, both of them are showing a, a great progress. We have, I think, two more coming down the pike. Um, they haven't announced yet um, requesting emergency usage. But I am really excited to see how this is going to this is going to show. And again, warp speed was uh, was done by the Trump administration. Uh, the military are the ones that are issuing the actual control of the substance. And I believe some I think Moderna is issuing it to the hospitals and other facilities themselves, whereas Pfizer has used a third party. Yeah, in Florida, there's five hospitals that are going to get the first take on it. I believe it's two in Tampa Advent Health and Tampa General Hospital, one in South Florida, it's in Broward, uh, it's in Broward, and then one in Jacksonville, and I can't remember the fifth one, but 
you know, the governor's been pretty pretty diligent saying that as soon as we get it, those five hospitals will get to choose how to disseminate. Interesting, though, that, again, Tampa being, I would say, what, the third largest metro, but we would get two hospitals with vaccines versus South Florida, which is just massive. I mean, West Palm all the way down to Miami is just one solid, I mean, unit, basically. Um, and, and, I mean, I wonder how that's going to play out, you know, and, and, you know, what was that decision based on, you know, but uh, I mean, was it, was it average age? Was it, you know, I wonder, you know what I mean? You yeah, know, I think the at? governor visited almost every hospital during this pandemic. He went to at a press conference with every physician and it might be the level one status of each hospital. And okay. also, also Advent health system is also Orlando. I mean, Advent health is the central Florida hospital system. Yeah. So, so they might be, distribute it. Yeah. It might be just the to their other locations. But I mean, I think that's good. That's good for Tampa general hospital, at least here, because, um, you know, they're a teaching hospital with USF. And so that partnership is strong and, I think we'll learn a lot for sure and how, how we do and the world's going to be watching us. Right. I think Florida's going to do a great job with the rollout. I think um, the way the initial uh, phase one is showing <clears throat> uh, ho- um, healthcare workers and those that are in long-term facilities, which I think is probably the most vulnerable in our society, those that have the weakened immune system Absolutely. and those that are dealing with individuals that have the disease on the most time should be the ones that get the get the vaccine first. That's going to solve 90% of the problem. I mean, 80% of the deaths are in that category. Correct. People that, people that are working with those people. So it, it makes the most sense. And I think we're going to see this thing go from being the level that we're seeing, the, the level of seriousness we're seeing to a much more uh, something that we're used to in society, you know? Which, which needs to happen. I, I think this, yes, it is starting to ramp up. Vi- the virus is starting to spread a little bit more. People are meeting each other a little bit more. It's that's that time. In Florida, what happens is when it rains, it gets cold. And that drop of the weather is what gets everyone sick because you're not used to it. You're, or, I mean, it rained yesterday at Disney. And so... Like, <laughs> and so it rained on your parade? It did rain on my parade. Uh, don't get me started. <laughs> I will sing the whole thing. And so... I think what people need to understand that yes, it's the infections are increasing. I don't think the deaths are increasing because no. you did the analysis to see to show that. And once now we have a vaccine that we can give to people when they get sick, and then they don't get they don't die, the number of, of cases will be relevant when it comes to the number of deaths dropping significantly. Yeah, well, what you'll see is people people who are actually at risk of dying or serious complication will be immune to it via the vaccine, and you'll see people like yourself and myself. Who, if we get it, it's you know it's a couple days inconvenience. You know you'll mm-hmm. be out of work for a week or two because they say you have to be. Um, well, they're already saying that now you don't have to do fourteen days. Now it's ten days, and and I'll tell you, I got it over the summer. Uh, I think I was out for about realistically. I mean, even if I stretch it, I'd say maybe four or five days, um, but certainly not two weeks. Uh, I got know. it. I got it pretty bad in um, oh, that's in right, July yeah. through August, and it took almost a month for me to recover back to my normal. Uh, blood to oxygen levels but again that was me my wife only had a few days and and other people in our in our in our group that got sick didn't have any symptoms so it took us a little bit longer i know other people i got thank god my mom and dad who got it also had no symptoms whatsoever and they're in that 65 or older i'm sorry yeah my mom didn't get any (laughs) yeah my mom didn't get any symptoms either all right hot seat question uh are you taking the vaccine or not 
I will not take the vaccine. One, because I already got it and I have the antibodies. And two, I'm under 65, have no large health concerns, and do not fall under the essential workers. So I don't think it's necessary for me to get it. No, but even say, let's say, you know, a year from now when there's plenty of vaccines to go around. Are you? Uh, I will say this. I am more than willing to take the vaccine two to three years from now because... Watching what happens in horror movies, either everyone will be fine or everyone's going to turn into a vampire. Yeah, so good point. that's what's going to happen. We're going to find out real quick what happens here. And you should be allowed to have the choice. I am someone that doesn't fall. I'm out of like, I think so. The phase one is health workers, long term residents. Uh, 1B is essential workers, educators, food, utility, fire. And then 1C is adults 65 and older and adults with high-risk medical conditions. I am none of those. So if anything, I might be like phase seven. <laughs> so And I'm okay with that. I'm yeah. perfectly okay with that. Rakan, are you going to take the vaccine? I think I'd rather get COVID than get the vaccine. Um, <laughs> it's not could be because I'm, I'm super afraid of it. I just yeah. think that the risk of something that's this new is not really commensurate with the benefit of, you know, me getting sick for a couple of days. You know, the, the right. bad thing that I've experienced if I got COVID was giving it to somebody, it would be giving it to somebody else, but I'm not around enough people to have to worry about that that much. You know, uh, life has, you know, pretty much been home, work, and I work, I'm isolated. I'm not seeing family very often. So, I mean, I don't see the risk of me giving it to somebody being that great. Well, I mean, we deal with the flu every year, and I know people hate it when we compare the coronavirus to the flu, but, uh, you, you know. Don't at me. The, the <laughs> flu vaccine is also not great in terms of effectiveness right. um, because it depends what strain you get and what strain, uh, you know, gets passed around. Uh, and you the know, timeliness and, of when you get the shot. Yeah. yeah, and they work on that flu vaccine year-round mm -hmm. and have yeah. been for years. Oh, it's a new right? strain Decades every and, single year. Right, exactly. And so I worry about, you know, again, the effectiveness of even getting the vaccine. You know, it seems to be working so. pretty well, but the thing that uh, this this – takes away the lie from the, the left, people that are super afraid that, oh, well, if I've had COVID, um, I you can possibly get it again. Well, what the hell's the point of a vaccine? If you have antibodies from the, from the virus, yeah. how is it any different from getting the vaccine? You're basically undercutting the entire uh, principle of immunity. It's like people um, get LASIK and they still wear glasses. I'm like, what was the point of getting Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Honestly, if I get LASIK, I probably will still wear glasses. That, <laughs> that talking point has been moot for so long. And like it, people just let it fly over their heads. They don't really realize like how immunity works. Um, the one thing that did concern me uh, as far as my, my family goes, um, I did read a report last night. I didn't verify it. So obviously this is something I have to look into more. Uh, part of what concerns me is I ha verifying what's true and what's not. Oh, uh, so difficult. Um, obviously, I'm one to go read the white papers from these companies and see what's going on. But I read that someone who was involved in the development of one of these vaccines saying there is a protein that can cause infertility in women. That for me, I'm mm. planning on starting a family in the next couple of years. I don't want my family to either not be started in the first place or have to wait a couple of years because of that. Um, but the thing is you have like these organizations, these fact checking organizations saying, oh, this person didn't say that, but then you go read it and the person didn't expressly say that, but what they said, you can imply what, yeah. they, what they meant with it. So <laughs> right. it's so startling to have people like Snopes and PolitiFact and places like that saying, no, this is wrong. And this could be one of the biggest factors as far as people's family life in the next decade. That, yeah. Well, that's and that's the major reason why it's a lot a of people are are not going to take this vaccine is because they don't know what the adverse effects truly are going to be. It's not the immediate ones that people are worried about. It's the one two years, three years, five years down the road that we don't know about yet. Um, it's just scary to think people so, are, will take that 
take these kind of things and manipulate them for politics to make the, their side look good or make their lockdowns or mask wearing look good and without any regard for the actual like impotency or not having be able to have kids that is way worse than getting coronavirus yes, yes. the fact that people will, are willing to compromise that to prove their point kind of disgusts me in the point of well, politics I, on that note well, akash patel are you taking the <laughs> <laughs> single man akash patel bachelor um, on the prowl allegedly i will uh, i will say that I, if, if if the vaccine comes out and you know let the essential workers and everyone else the long-term folks get it first, I'll, I'll get it eventually because I get the flu shot every year in October, the first week. And I just didn't been doing that for years. And the reason why is I travel a lot. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. when you travel a lot and I go international and stuff, you just don't know what's going to happen international. Correct. I trust our country, other countries. I'm not sure yeah, airports, sure. lounges, even, even places like taxi cabs in other countries aren't the cleanliest. Right. So yeah. logistically, since I do travel a lot and, um, and my grandfather's 91 and I'll tell you, I, I Thanksgiving, I went and got tested. I had antibodies before. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and then my antibodies went away this. So you had day. COVID antibodies before, and you don't have them anymore. Correct. Interesting. So because it expires after they say about seventy days, and so I, I got tested uh, in uh, September before I went to Colorado. Uh, positive for antibodies, negative for COVID. So I missed. I just didn't know I had it. So it's wow. so interesting because I remember when again my mother and dad are in that that area where they're sixty five older with health conditions, and for Mother's Day was coming up, and this was during the huge pandemic. Uh, Lauren and I set, like literally shut it all down for like three weeks and then got tested, shut down again to make sure that we were okay to, to see our parents. So we were doing the responsible thing oh, and yeah. making sure that if we want to see our loved ones, we made sure that we isolated, we took the test, and then we isolated again, and we were, safe. we were making sure that our parents were safe. I think that what's happening now are people... I don't know anyone that is willy nilly just walking around without a mask in the middle of Walmart. I don't know these people, well, and you can't. but yet, <laughs> so, but yet they're saying these people are happening in California, New York, and I'm like, we have conservatives in California, in New York that are pushing back on this. Anywhere I go in Florida, people are wearing a mask when they're inside. Now, are we wearing a mask right now? No, but <laughs> well, I know you're safe, and I know you're safe. Yeah. Well, and then that's the thing is, we all have to trust who you're with. Correct. Yeah. And there are people that hang out with people they don't know where they go. And you just have to trust that they're in a good, they're good state of mind. I know you guys are going to wear a mask if you go to Walmart today. I mean, I just know that. I don't. <laughs> I am surprised though because, uh, like Anibal, I was actually at Disney Springs this weekend, and and even at a more relaxed environment, right? Because there's no ticketed entrance, right? Like there is for the theme parks at Disney Springs. A, they completely changed their entry system, so now it's like coupled with security. Right. Um, it's a bit of a pain, but. Um, but I am surprised at how well people have Behaved. adapted to, yeah, to the, the mass restrictions. I didn't like that. You know, I actually have one of those, the, what they call the neck gaiters. Um, oh, the and, ones that spray COVID further. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, because they won't let you wear those or the handkerchiefs bandana. or a bandana. You had to wear kind of the cloth oh, mask. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and myself and, and another guy that was going in around with me at around, so he ended up having to go to the machine to buy one. I fortunately had a, a backup mask in my pocket, <laughs> uh, for just such an occasion. Uh, but I, you know, I have been pretty impressed at, uh, at how well, uh, people have, have adapted to it. I mean, like it or not. Um, but, um, I, I felt, you know, and I've, I've heard lots of people say this. I felt safer at the magic kingdom in the Disney theme parks than I did at target or Walmart or any of those deals. And so, uh, 
let's go ahead and uh, keep it rolling here as uh, we, again, thank you for watching. This is the Yard Sign, most important relevant podcast in politics. Uh, and uh, we've got some very exciting goodies that we're going to be announcing very, very soon. I think we're just going to do maybe one big announcement at the beginning of the year with a whole bunch of new stuff uh, regarding the show. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, we've uh, obviously done our part here in discussing COVID and hopefully not get blocked by YouTube in the process. Uh, but uh, let's uh, get back to politics at its purest form as uh, we are now getting uh, seeing people getting ready for the 2022 elections uh, despite what's happening in Georgia uh, uh, we are already seeing uh, stories little little bait stories you know it's funny because we, you know we had a big one I think that came out today and these are always feelers you know what I mean you know these yep. candidates these exactly campaigns they, they kind of put these out there to say just to kind of test the waters and see what kind of a response they have out there uh, let's go ahead and start with the one we were talking about off air before the show started uh, which is uh, district 13 uh, Charlie Christ uh, currently in that seat and Paulina Luna unsuccessful successful in the um general election although she uh she won uh pretty handily in the uh, primary election uh rumor is she's gonna give it another go is that right people want her to <laughs> run again um tell me how you really feel chris people want her to run again uh i don't th i think the numbers for something like 52 percent for chris and 44 percent for her it's twenty five thousand more people yeah for Charlie. so yeah. i i don't know what Republicans or Anna would do to gain that percentage. Uh, I really don't know what strategy we'd employ to do that. Um, if the, I think that the campaign that she ran um, is not going to appeal to anyone more in the future because what we you had. You can't run, yeah, you can't run a 2020 campaign in 2022. You don't have Trump. You don't have that level yes. of excitement. You don't even have general election excitement because these are midterms now. Um, yeah, but these and, will be federal. There are some federal elections going to be on the ballot. No, I know, but what I'm saying is the momentum's not there. The excitement's not there. Yeah, I ran and, in 2018 and, for that reason. <laughs> yeah, right. No, look, and does a candidate that is so kind of red meat like Anna Paulina Luna for Republicans does it work in a midterm election um you know when like that's just been the noise for you know again the 2020 election does that continue to work in 2022 and and I just I don't see it happening. I mean, and, and Charlie is a juggernaut in that district. I mean, he is tough to beat, not so much because of the numbers in the district. The numbers work in the district to make it a winnable seat, but Charlie Crist is uniquely, you know, set for that district because he was born and raised in it. So there are two things going for Anna Polina, which is redistricting, which is happening uh, before the midterms, and it's a midterm. So really, the number of people that go out, come out for midterm elections, cut it by half, and it really is a who can get out the vote. I agree with you that she cannot run the same race that she did for from a general to a midterm. I will say that she might still be able to pull it off in a midterm with more time to build her base. We do have the issue that she was kind of a transplant and that did rub some people off the wrong way, but if she stays- Especially out, when you have a hometown candidate. Yeah, but if she's if redistricting and she's able to move the needle somehow, I think she can make it. But do you think any conservatives or independents that were going to vote conservative didn't this election? It was a very, very polarized election. I think Pinellas did a very good job of getting voters out. I don't see how you get more voters out for a midterm. People well, don't what hurt her is her two opponents in the primary that lost, Maggie and Buck, didn't even come out and endorse her Correct. when they lost in that primary. So well, George Buck was a, 
Ensure, ensure, ensure unity. Yeah, so. I don't think she wanted that endorsement. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. But, but my point Mackie's is, would, Mackie's, Mackie's might have helped. Huge you know, but my point yeah. is, is I think if she goes on, I, here's the thing: she's got a lot of social media followers. We all know that. Yes. So I think she'll go on some TV channel, be a pundit, raise her profile nationally, and then she'll get some national conservatives to back her. You'll have the, you'll have to have the governor and the senators back in her originally, which gets her the money because she will be the nominee no matter what. It'll get her the money, and I think she's got a chance. But you're like you're right, Johnny. I mean, Charlie's a hometown hero. And you always in Pinellas is a, it's an older voter population. Sorry, no offense. No, he's I just think as we as we get back to normal politics, which by normal I mean a non-Trump environment, uh, I think a candidate like Amanda Mackey becomes much more attractive. Um, and also, again, you know that you know I, I think she had a genuine shot. She raised a lot of money. Um, she makes a very intellectual argument for why she. Uh, is qualified for that seat, and she left um, the county as soon as she lost. And she's she? not from here. Yeah, yeah. She, they're all. They're that's what. Here. That's what pissed off a lot of people after the midterm, after the election. Well, she's right working now. on some of this recount and stuff I'm, and all I'm that. So, I'm I, sorry, people. Yeah, now, but that wasn't before. When she, 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 she literally got left. She, the she county. got on a plane and left the county as soon as but the primary was over. I don't know if she moved or not, but people noticed that she disappeared yeah, she from helped, the entire she community. Help Anna Polina. I yeah. think that's what most yeah, people, but people, because people they're very different candidates. They they're are, just but, incredibly but different. But if candidates. you want the party to win, yeah, you got to help. The you got to help the candidate. I mean, look, I lost my primary and I had to come out and endorse my opponent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, feel? No, but I get you get, it. But you get kudos. You, do it. you, you get kudos from the party for doing it. Yeah, it is yeah. the right thing to do. So I didn't know that Amanda, Mac Amanda Mackey left. That's really uh, unfortunate. I did like her as far as her resume, as far as um, her, the way she spoke. Um, that's unfortunate. Uh, also, it's again, it's a case of a transplant yeah. coming into the district and running and being like, hey, I've gone to restaurant XYZ and I'm just like you. Well, and that's the thing. Work. I think there's a huge difference between uh, electing an activist and electing someone who, again, understands policy, understands Congress. You know, she's worked in D.C. She knows the ins and outs uh, of, of, of that monster, you know, and uh, she would have hit the ground running. And I think she would have been solid policy wise. I don't mm -hmm. think I don't think it, really uh, on a vote by vote basis. She probably would have wouldn't have been much different than Anna Paulina Luna. Um, it was just different packaging. Um, yes. And and Amanda Mackey knows and understands understands policy, whereas Anna Paulina Luna was more about, you know, waving the flag and beating the yeah. drum and 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 rallying the Trump voters. And I don't think that's going to work in two years. But I will say everyone was very surprised after that primary how much of a difference the gap was um, between Anna oh, and sure. uh, Mackey. And that was really surprising for a lot of people. Again, if Anna Polina can get the people out to vote during the prime for the midterms. She wins that county. That's Again. the problem. But where where we are politically though right now is is that you can have someone like an Amanda Mackey that really fires up the base, really gets the voters out, um, but then has positioned themselves so far to the right that when they try to run in a general election in the purple district like yeah. Pinellas County, they they're sunk because yeah. they 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 can't move to the center. So as far as what you're saying about fundraising, what, what do you, I, I thought that she fundraised very well. She actually made a buttload of money. I think she matched or beat Charlie Chris in the last quarter. Right, but you got to remember the loyalists are loyalists. Mm -hmm. No matter what, you're seeing his name on the ballot for life. I mean, Charlie's been a state senator, a governor, yes. and a congressman. So yes. he, he's they know his name. 
So, and no matter what you do, you're loyal. But what do you think she lacked in fundraising? I think she couldn't have fundraised a whole lot no, better than I she think did. But name ID is a key. Name yeah. ID is a key to the game. Yeah. So but, she didn't get to in front of enough people to change mm -hmm. their, to flip their vote. Yeah, for okay. that particular district, it's a multiple run effort for a Republican to try to unseat uh, Charlie Chris. That's, yeah. it's not a, there's just nothing there. I don't. I can't point. I know that you don't other like the than, idea. I know other you don't than like liberal, the idea other than liberal versus a conservative, I don't know that there's really anything there that you can truly hit Charlie on. I mean, well, other than other than the obvious jellyfish politically. Well, no, you're yes, that's absolutely right. But that's that's also who Charlie Crist is. Have you? Like, I mean, there would have to Charlie be Christ? some sort of big misstep, people, some people scandal. People rather know your congressman than not than yeah. They don't know what your congressman does, but they rather know him and Charlie. He's a very friendly guy. I know you. I've met Charlie because you've met we've all, a lot of us. You know, a yeah. lot of us have met him. Don't get me wrong. I don't agree with any of his policies, but you know what? It is difficult to not vote for that man yeah, because right. he has the kind of political. Um, in yeah, it, he's very in tune with the political machine. He knows how to talk to people. He, he knows the, the charm. He has that X the factor. The charm is amazing. Call, it's call. the same difficult. thing that people used to say about Bill Clinton. They said, man, you can disagree with his politics all you like, but the minute that you meet him, he's just very charming. He's very likable. He's very relatable. And that's a powerful thing, especially when you're a hometown guy and the people that may vote down ticket Republican are going to cross the, the yeah. aisle for Charlie Crist because they grew up with him yeah. and they run into him at Publix and they see him downtown and you know even if it is at a gay bar and that's what I'm saying that it requires <laughs> someone to actually live in the to be in the county and dedicate themselves to that county so if Anna Polina can do that and just dedicate herself to the county I think she could start to erode some of that trust but again and I'll say this because it sounds it sounds weird and others have had the situation I've run into Charlie Chris all the time at the airport when we're doing DC and back uh, when we used to go to conferences and it's so difficult not to get a picture with him as a Republican you still got to do it because you feel compelled to yeah. talk to the person I'm not I can't vote for him so it doesn't matter you're never gonna see me vote for Charlie Chris when he wasn't a Republican when as an only when he was a Republican but it is difficult Sleeping to fight enemy. someone that has such a good pedigree when it comes to politics now, there was an article in the Tampa Bay Times yesterday, Johnny, about our friend David Jolly. That's right. <laughs> yeah. In 2022, he might run for Senate. Yes. In 2024, might run for governor. Yeah, no, look, no, no, sorry, governor no. or Senate. Sorry, both in 2022. Yeah, both yeah, are uh, open. They're putting feelers out there. And now, for a long time, and uh, for those of you who may not be in the Tampa Bay area, um, but may know David Jolly because he was on MSNBC for a long time. Um, he he had anti-Trumper. Well, yeah. And then he also had a radio show for a long time. And I remember even as far back as two, maybe two years ago, maybe more, um, was already talking about primarying uh, Senator Rubio. Yeah. Uh, and I remember that not only because um, I was listening to his radio show and I'm a, I consider him a friend, but also that... I was working for Senator Rubio, <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's ludicrous to me because the one known factor that, you know, widely known about, about David and, and, you know, I, I would uh, say it if you were standing here in this room is that he hates to fundraise. That is the one thing that everybody knows about him. And when he was a Congressman, he put out the stop act, which 
did nothing but stop his political career. Um, but it, it, it basically pulled the curtain back on the NRCC. There were all kinds of, all, there was all kinds of media coverage about it, uh, because it special. exposed, oh, yeah, yeah, it exposed how much fundraising congressmen and women have to do on both to keep sides. Their, oh yeah. On both, on both sides, sides to keep their offices. And so at that point, the NRCC says, Oh, if you don't like what, well, you know, how the game is played, then why don't you kind of sit this one out? And they let him, uh, hang himself out the dry for the reelection campaign, which is how Charlie Chris ended up in that office. So I don't see him uh, making a move for the Senate race. I certainly don't see him making a move for governor unless he goes to the Democratic Party. And even then, I think he'd have a really hard time. I don't. I, um, I, don't, th I don't think he, he. He doesn't do it as an independent. You're no, not going to win I think anything. He does as an it as an independent. Yeah, I, do. I no. think he does it. The Democrats are never going to accept him. They do not like him whatsoever. Democrats, if he's going for governor, Democrats do not elect governors from the center part of Florida. It's either South Miami or it's up in the in the sticks of Tallahassee. I don't know why, but the Democrats do that every single time. Yep. Whereas oh, Republicans do different. Yeah. yeah, Democrats do it all the time. Yeah. Whereas Republicans, it's usually more in the middle and in the, the more the rural counties. Dunedin region. Yeah, I mean, it really, it really is weird. But he's not going to run as a Republican. He doesn't want to do that anymore. As an independent, he could run. He could be the face of the third party if that's think, what he's thinking oh, think for twenty twenty four. But you're not going to pull a majority. You're never going to pull a majority. No, but that's everyone knows that. But yet, independents do it every single. And he's cycle. not pulling Republican votes. He's only going to hurt the Democrats. And, I'm fine. That's why I'm perfectly fine with him running. Happily, and they would happily <laughs> stroke a run, check to let him run as an independent. I'm perfectly fine with that completely because that people need to learn how to run in florida and if you don't understand it and you're going to keep on doing the same thing do it every single time i don't care i don't look really he's just he's an incredibly smart guy he was a chief of staff you know for a, a long time speaker. he knows dc really well he uh, i mean again he's great at policy but uh again you know it's kind of weird like i think he has this love-hate relationship with with congress and dc um it's like you know he he hates how it's run but he feels like he needs to be a part of it um and now he doesn't really have a home politically and other than stealing away votes from the democrats i don't i don't see him really making much progress do you, do you remember where do you remember where he's at in the in the article i think he's like in tennessee or one of the he's a in, appalachians yeah, he's in some yeah some some one of the states just yeah, he was out hunting. Uh, there were some pictures. Well, he made a comment. I thought it was mean. Yeah, he made a comment to where like they're they're stashed up there because of COVID. Correct. And he has a young family and everything else. Which uh, I met the wife. She's a very lovely woman. Um, so again, I don't knock him if he wants to run as independent. Go for it whatsoever. I think people think just because they're more independents now than ever before that there is a forming of a third party where <laughs> you look viable. at people that are independents and how they vote. They vote down ticket. Like they are still either swear left or right it's just they don't want to be labeled which is such a millennial thing right now so <laughs> i mean they don't want to be labeled and because of that they but they still vote party line so if you yeah. would, if you would think that they were independent it would be kind of cherry picking in a christmas tree with their but no it's still down ticket so i don't see it as a legitimate thing when you say independent now look and, and judging at some of the wins that they had again republicans picked up was it 14 seats mm -hmm. uh, around the country 14, 17 and uh and and, yeah. and two those are going to be battlefields man don't don't sleep on it i mean um now the advantage that republicans have in florida is a the legislative advantage uh, in tallahassee but also that the party chair is stepping down and so they're going to have new leadership and that's going to be new restructuring i'm sure they're whoever the new chairperson is is probably going to clean house as they should 
because they got killed all across the state. Uh, they certainly didn't deliver for they Biden. They were embarrassing. They took PPP money. I mean, oh, yeah. It was horrible. Really embarrassing. Well, Miami reelected their chair for the Democrat chair again. I don't remember the gentleman's name, but I do remember he won yep. the election again. So they're just, they're letting it happen again. Yeah. Because, it, again, if you lose two congressional districts in Miami, I don't know how on earth you're allowed to do anything <laughs> in politics anymore, and especially in Miami. It was right. such an interesting Those are concept. Exactly. So I think. I know that the Republican Party is looking for at least two or three more seats in Florida somehow, uh, especially after redistricting. I don't think it'd be smart to go after Marco Rubio. He has yeah. the entire North Cuba vote. It would be he's, ridiculous. He's done a good job for the yeah. state. I mean, that's what you want in a senator, someone who's a cheerleader for your state. Yeah. So, well, and, and, and on that topic, I mean, you, you know, this rumor has kind of been circulating out there for some time. Um, Again, we there was some speculation that under Trump administration that Senator Rubio might get appointed to some cabinet position. Obviously, that's not going to happen now. And and the rumor was, and I think may still be, and I wouldn't be surprised, he's egotistical enough to do it, which is that Matt Gates uh, might primary Marco Rubio. Now, that to me <laughs> seems like a much more likely scenario and a very combative primary. Um, uh, now, would Matt Gates want to do it? I think he's got a high profile enough now to make him a viable candidate for that seat. Uh, but it would be incredibly hard for him to win South Florida, which Marco Rubio consistently wins down there. So. And so, I mean, it, it's... It, it, that's gonna that would be a, a tough that would be an ugly ugly matchup i'd hate to see it i'd love to see um, it i'd love to see I, it but, <laughs> you won't see it i mean my, but yeah i think the powers that be will, will kind of hold why, them, hold what them do you why, Matt, Akash, Matt what do you think Matt and i were florida state university college model un debate team mates and as you, you know go. he endorsed my campaign and yeah and, i remember that. and matt's got a safe seat he loves north florida he's does mm -hmm. great for his district and he works hard to help get other candidates elected I cannot see him challenge a sitting Republican senator. I think it would look horrible for yeah. his uh, image if he does challenge a sitting re Republican senator. I also think because of the Trump loss, that there's no, the field is different now. Now it's hold the se hold the Senate, try to get back the the House in in the midterms. So yeah, but Trump's able to still going to be Trump's still going to be hot in two years. I mean, I, if I Trump Trump's going to be traveling the country, endorsing candidates, doing all kinds of rallies that's and campaign want, events. That's if he wants to run in 2024. Which he, he said, said he he's did. already said he, he, he does. And I hope he doesn't. I mean, you know, and I know Republicans are going to hate me for saying that. I just, uh, I think, uh, I, again, he's going to be too old. And, and I hate retreads in general. I mean, we'll see. I mean, we'll see what he is like. If he's like <laughs> Joe Biden and trying to go through sentences without, you know, getting through them, then we'll probably not, you know, put him in the in, on the ticket. Biden's already injured and he hasn't even become president yet. Like, I don't know how he's going to survive. <laughs> yeah, he, he, the energy trauma. he grabbed his dog's tail coming out of the shower, which how the hell does that happen? That's a really weird. Why is your dog in the shower? Like, no, next to the shower. So like the door was open? I don't like, know. I don't know. I, I've never grabbed a dog's tail while I was naked before, so. <sighs> Well, uh, like, these images are getting ridiculous now. Well, again, you're supposed to pull the dog tail first and then take the shower. <laughs> not the, I mean, come on, people. Seriously. So I guess the last thing I had to say in 2022 is we have a big job as far as the culture wars go and as far as uh, getting ourselves a presence in the media as conservatives. I read a Daily Wire story. Uh, there was a large poll agency that basically um, asked swing voter voters in swing states uh about their knowledge of certain stories um and it turns out most people had no 
freaking clue about the damaging things that would have hurt Biden. They had no freaking clue about the things that were a boon to Trump. About the economy, about yeah. the jobless, the jobless, uh, you know, what I've lack been saying for the last three shows. Um, so yeah, we have a. I mean, so the daily. I'm a huge Daily Wire fan. Um, they're actually getting into journalism. They're getting into entertainment. They're getting into all the things that we've been excluded from. Is like as far as legacy media goes, as conservatives, and we have to have apart from that other efforts in place to get our get our our, our message out there. Because well, that's part of my that's part of there. my motivation behind this show was yep. because you had. Of the juggernaut in the Young Turks, you know, and uh, God, I mean, I wish uh, and hope that someday we could get to that level of visibility and influence. Um, but these guys have been, the Young Turks have been around for what, 15, 20 yeah, years? I mean, these guys, I mean, I mean they, get all that they're not young anymore. Getting I mean, all that caliphate money from Iran. <laughs> I mean, these yeah, guys are several like, million dollars from them. So. Yeah, these guys are pushing late 40s now. I mean, and, uh, you know, and they've been doing, uh, you know, this this podcast there that, again, <laughs> has been incredibly <laughs> influential, especially on, on the digital platforms where your younger voters tend to get their information from. So, you know, it's uh, you're absolutely right. And but we're seeing that now that there is a, a push for young young conservatives to start podcasts, to start like yeah. huge influencers on social media, on Twitter, on YouTube. Instagram, on YouTube, on all that stuff. It just takes time to cultivate. I mean, just in the Tampa Bay area, we have multiple social media individuals that are starting to build the profile and that's starting to build the Tampa Bay area as a conservative spot for podcasters and for social conservative social media players. And that's one that's a little bit of, a, I wouldn't have thought it was Florida, it would be Tampa. I was yeah. thinking like maybe San Diego or maybe Los or maybe Las Vegas that has like they're starting to have like conservative movements there. I was not expecting here in Florida, but, but a I'm lot okay of with them. It. A lot of those a lot of those young conservative influencers have moved here. I mean, yeah. we've got Drano. I mean, we've had Brittany on the show who's with Turning Point USA. They've done a huge job in turning young people into uh, influencers on social platforms and capitalizing on that. And kudos to them because they're getting the job done. I think they you know it. It helps to see people of, uh, you know, of different interests and different backgrounds. And, and they are, I mean, you look at some of these influencers that are out there right now and they come from every walk of life and kudos to those organizations that are out there looking for these people and putting them in a position to be, to be influential. Well, I mean, the last thing I'll say on that is I don't think influencers are going to reach moderates or people who are middle-aged. I think that we no. need, we, Conservatives need a presence on a network like CNN, like MSN, like NBC. We need to have that that desk news news uh, you know outlet look. And basically, if we can even pull having objective reporting, that sounds far fetched, I know. Yeah. But if we can get that and have people actually decide on the issues and not have them obscured and hidden by the mainstream media, we'll be in a much better position. That's what we should really swing for in the, the next five years. But you get that now that Trump's out of office. You get CNN allowing for a conservative. You get MSNBC. Because now you don't have the boogeyman to fight every single night. What does MSN do? They didn't hate what does Trump. MSN they do? hated conservatives. No, they, they hated, still hate conservatives. They hated Trump. And they also don't like conservatives. But there will at least we've had in the past conservative pundits on MSNBC and CNBC. And even, even CNN. 
But now that Trump is gone, they're going to have to go back to that because who are they going to talk about? They're I not going to talk trash to Biden for the next four years. They're, they're going to kiss his ass for the next five years or four years or however long, long he's lives. alive. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you again for watching the Yard Sign. Quick shout out to everybody in our comment section. Very healthy comment section there. Uh, Sherry Denham doing uh, God's work up in Georgia. We'll talk a little bit about that in a little bit. Uh, Hector, uh, better late than ever, buddy. Good to see you. Uh, Hector in the comment section. Hello to Laura and uh, let's see, we had uh, Ms. Stewart and uh, Lance. Uh, thank you everybody for watching. We appreciate you and we do read your comments and uh, feel free to shoot us questions uh, uh, as well if you want to interject them into the conversation. And don't forget, you can sign up, subscribe for the audio version of our podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, Audible, and Amazon platforms. Man, that's a mouthful. Um, but even bigger announcements coming for 2021. Uh, our uh, final topic, we're already running behind, but uh, we'll squeeze one more topic in for the day. Biden's first 100 days, uh, we've gotten already some hints as to what he's going to do. Um, what of these uh things do you uh announced more? or not what of the what of these things uh, announced or not are are you more uh closely watching in terms of what he's going to try to pull off in the first 100 days i think today he um he, he did reappoint i guess or appoint uh vivek murthy who was a surgeon general before under the obama administration he brought him back to be surgeon general which i think was a good move because um he is going to give him a larger role in the covert response and uh, people like Vivek Murthy. He's a yes. young Floridian, and if he's, I think he's from South Florida originally, or has some sort of connection to Florida, and uh, and he did a good job under Obama. And I think Biden was smart to bring him back. So at least in the first hundred days, he did one thing right. But that's the big that 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 was the the big one of the big things that again a lot of Republicans and independents had against Biden is that there was nothing original. There was nothing new. This guy's been in Congress. He's been in government his whole life, and basically all he's doing is trying to rebuild the Obama administration. Well, mm. and it's true, it, but at some points he's taking only the good. <laughs> at least that's the hope. We'll yeah. see what happens after the first couple appointments after this week. Rakala, or go on Ebel. No, no, Ebel. Okay, so I'm I'm liking the fact that he is not going to touch the the tax. Uh, in regards to the the things that the tax cuts that Trump had already talked about, he's made comments he's not going to touch it. Uh, I think the stimulus package might be still around ninety billion, nine hundred billion dollars. I don't think it's going to touch a trillion. Uh, I hear some pundits asking for four trillion. I think that's absolutely absurd. I don't think we should be spending spend, spending or printing any more money. But it's going to take, I think, a few. I think they were talking about maybe one or two billion dollars to be able to run the vaccine program itself for the COVID rollout. So that's something that's going to have to get appropriated through the Congress now that the, now that the scary Trump is no longer uh, president. I, I think what's going to happen is the hypocrisy of, of Nancy Pelosi is out in full uh dress because she's now saying that she's she wasn't willing to work with them before the election but now the election's over she's willing to work with them which was just her not wanting trump to get a win at the end of the day so i think honestly i, I it would be funny i'm not gonna say it's gonna be funny i w i wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't make it the first hundred days i'm, I'm gonna honestly say that <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised that's harsh no wow. knowing how quickly obama turned gray I do not, that level of stress, I well, do not see Joe Biden being able to handle it. They're already taking wax out. Well, to that, but to that note, though, 
Okay, really weird that that video that has gone viral where he basically said that if he disagreed with Kamala oh my. on on anything yeah. fun on on any fundamental principle that he'd um, develop some disease and and die or or resign resign yes yeah it's like very that, weird that's a really bizarre quote right there that was really bizarre he was talking about an instance in which he said if he had a fundamental disagreement with, a, with Barack Obama while Barack Obama was president that he would develop a disease, you know, per se, and uh, resign. But he made that reference in relation to Kamala Harris, who is the vice president. Mm -hmm. That's not how it works. Like, right. he's not. He didn't say Kamala's going to develop a disease or something and resign. Yeah, that was an. It's, it's the curtain has been pulled back unwillingly by him in so many instances. And I think his dementia, he can't even hide the fact that he's a Trojan horse for Kamala Harris. You know, effectively. Um, That's but what my, it seems like. My, my biggest concern with Joe Biden is uh, the fiscal policy that's going to ensue. Mm -hmm. um, so my biggest, well, one of my biggest pet peeves is uh, the student loan debt forgiveness. Basically, they want to have the federal government pay $10,000 everyone that has student loan debt, their, their personal debt. So personally, I, I worked in a job for 20 hours a week while going to school for 50 hours a week and volunteering and learning how to do a second career at the same time. If I can do that, you can work your way through college. I don't need to pay for your decisions, uh, you know, especially when I, when I worked so hard. And people like my stepfather, um, he busted his ass in freezing cold and blistering hot temperatures on top of a roof to put our our family position they were in. He doesn't deserve, after his hard labor, to be paying for your cushy office job, you know, for you to drink on the weekends when you're in, in college. It's, it's absolutely absurd. It's, it's appalling that people think they deserve this kind of thing, this, this kind of payout from everyday Americans. From the guy that changes your tires, you deserve to tax him extra to pay for your, your MBA. Well, and to your point, I mean, uh, again, I posted uh, a story that had nothing to do with politics, but it was a young family that paid off $96,000 worth of debt in three years. I mean, again, if you budget yourself and you bust your butt like every other person has to, um, you can do it. And so this whole like, oh, we can never pay these off and they're just going to be around no, for a, a lifetime. And it's, it's, it's sacrifice. right. You have you to sacrifice. Very well. And we're such a consumer driven <laughs> society that nobody wants to, <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to sacrifice their consumer habits, you know, for the sake of their own financial stability. I could never imagine getting behind a program like that just because I know so many individuals that one work their butts off to pay back their loans or work through college to do what had to get done. And because I know all those situations and I know people that never went to college and they're busting their butts to do yep. what they need to do to provide for their families. Me telling someone that they have to pay, that the government should pay off the student loans is like me telling the guy that anyone that's in the service industry or that it doesn't have a college, that hasn't had college education, that they're going to pay off your college loans. You're telling the lower income individuals of this country to pay off your loans. That is absolutely disgusting yeah and i have a huge problem with these people trying to say well it's difficult for me or i didn't know I'm you like, should, I, i'm saying, sorry yeah. you shouldn't have they shouldn't have to struggle in order to get to a place of prominence or a place of of earning a good wage um which it perverts the entire incentive structure you should not risk going into a hundred thousand dollars in debt for a thirty thousand dollar a year job right you have to be able to calculate these things and having personal accountability for those things is what makes that happen 
And so the counter argument now is saying that, well, we should have colleges that give that are free for individuals, which I don't have a problem with if we want to figure out that policy. But there's no way in heck I'm going to say that it's perfectly OK for the federal government to be paying off people's student loans, because then the unequity uh, the. Inequity. Are you, inequity is going to be is going to blow up. Are you going to tell me someone that did pay off their college tuition? Mm-hmm. Are you going to reimburse them for what they did? Or I would love are you to gonna write, Are you going to write a check for someone that didn't go to college? Like how right. on, this is the most unequitable. Uh, so now you're doubling. Ever. You're doubling down on those who had the privilege incent- of going to a four year university or college. You're incentivizing poor financial decisions in in favor of you know uh, I guess disciplining people who did do what they were supposed to do. Well, then the crime increases and then jails increase and it's a whole societal. I mean, that would do more damage than eliminating Mm -hmm. the minimum wage in terms of economic disparity. Yeah. And so I think we should have free college. It's called (laughs) youtube.com. I've learned how to be a woodworker. I've learned camera work. I've learned editing. Um, I've learned uh, probably three or four professions that I could make a living on. Do one of those things and teach yourself. You can do so much in this world with such little resources. And even if that's not your final career, you can use that to pay your way in the world at a a better rate than you would at base level labor. Well, and that's even backed, uh, that's backed even by the great Elon Musk, so. But I blame profile I blame the university system the college system for allowing themselves to get so bloated and yep. almost act like a a summer camp for kids that get out of high school for four years it is it, there's so much focus on having the dorm life and everything else and again no one told you to go to Columbia and spend a hundred thousand dollars for education no one told you to do that no one forced you to do that but yet people think that's appropriate now do I think schools like Harvard should be lowering their tuition no because Harvard is a private institution they can do whatever they want to do, That's but right. USF and uh, and uh, and um, State Florida where I State. Went, school. I don't be- I don't believe in Gator Country, so I will not mention that <laughs> school. But and and I'm Miami, and, I know, and Miami is a private institution. Again, right. those are choices that people are making. And even the point, maybe I can go get behind if you work in a tier one school or you work at a ho- like a tier one hospital and you're paying back society for the debt that you incurred. I could totally see that but even then only like 50 people a year get their debts relieved because of that program it's so difficult to get it done but if you're providing a service that is worth something society's paying you anyway mm-hmm. you don't need to do it for the, via the government you don't need to take money from someone via the government and give it to somebody else because they're doing something that's what i'm saying i think the conversation needs to be larger and i think once people realize that the plumber that didn't go to school but is making it still making a hundred thousand dollars a year yep. is now going to pay for some kid that decided that basket weaving was their choice of desire yep. <laughs> then things are going to hit the fan and people are going to get even more upset you're just yeah. making people more and more upset this can go even back to what's happening with corona do what i say not what i do well then people are going to get upset about it when you have the medical industry talking about how you really like everyone has to wear a mask well not everyone has to wear like there's no consistency and that's what pisses right. people off so what's your uh Nibel? you haven't given us your your prediction or at least what you're going to be watching in the first 100 days 
I didn't. Uh, I don't think he's gonna. I, I, honestly, I don't. I think he's not gonna live. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna happen. Well, well you said that. You already your first bold prediction. There's gonna be buy your buy your stocks. There's gonna be. I think gonna have the secret service waiting for us outside. I think whatever he does is not gonna jeopardize the economy as much as people think. I think the economy is moving a lot faster and in a direction that people don't expect. Even today, well, that's airline. But airline and cruise line companies have jumped radically today when it came to their investments a lot of people are now looking for okay there's a vaccine there's actual like light at the end of the tunnel and that is moving people around now the well, government a lot of government officials are like no we still have to be cautious and everything else but once the vaccine's out there it's been six months you cannot tell me the lockdowns are still a lot make uh, any sense uh, well and that's the thing yeah. how do you not look at the economy and 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 realize that what Trump had been doing over the past four years is actually working. Well, the fact that it's bounced back so quickly, and then and then how do you save face and 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 having campaigned against it for the past two years, then realize oh we'll just leave it to how it is because it's actually in pretty good shape. What you're going to see, I think, one of the points of the reaction to COVID, not COVID itself, the reaction to COVID by Democrats um, was to make things look horrible for the ele- the campaign cycle. And then boom, we get into the presidential office and boom, things have gotten better. It's like, well, things would have been shitty no matter what, and they would have gotten better no matter what. And now you're just claiming victory for the vaccine, even though it was already in en route by the time you were in office. And you're going to see the, the, can- the, um, the uh, financial, you know, part of our country uh, get better as well and yeah. get stronger again. You'll see, you see them claim victory for that. I think this entire uh, kind of uh, overreaction to COVID was to put them in position to do this, to claim victory of all these things. All right. Well, again, thank you to everybody for watching. Uh, it's the Yard Sign, the most important and relevant podcast in politics. Again, I want to thank you, uh, everybody who's been watching. Don't forget to subscribe to the audio version of our podcast on Google, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and Audible platforms. Uh, that's right. You can now find us on all of those platforms. You can also find uh, every show on Facebook and on YouTube. So please subscribe and share uh, these episodes. Uh, I want to thank uh, also George uh, Monroy, who's uh, been helping us behind the scenes uh you know in terms of managing the audio version of this podcast and uh we're going to start wrapping it up uh thank you again to akash patel for joining us uh tonight and and we hope that uh you're going to come back soon for sure thanks for having me all right and uh we'll, we'll make sure joe wicker's on next time when uh, <laughs> <laughs> in case uh, you're watching joe we've, uh, we were kind of talking and asking about you christopher colin good to see you buddy glad you're all healed up yeah did you bring me my uh, chocolate chip cookies no, I did not. Damn but it. I did bring you a wonderful opportunity. In the corner you go. <laughs> I brought you a wonderful opportunity to help uh, Republicans retain the Senate. Tell in, me more. In Georgia. Uh, so essentially, uh, the fight to <laughs> keep the Senate in Republican power to prevent things like uh, Puerto Rico from becoming a state, to prevent things like the filibuster from being taken away, which is a, a huge deal as far as um, keeping uh, bills in check. Um, so basically, these two seats in Georgia, uh, Kelly Leffler and Purdue. David Perdue, if I'm not mistaken, um, their seats are going to be what determines what the Senate looks like for the next three or four years, or next, next four years. Next four years. Um, two years. Two years, yeah, it's over two years. So imagine the Democrats having the House, the Senate, and the presidency. I mean, they can do whatever they want if they, keep, if they get that. Uh, so we have to do our best as Republicans to make sure that these Republicans get into office. Um, one way we're going to do that is, so TVYR, an organization I work with locally, we're going to be visiting Georgia um, 
in the last and first part of the year, the 31st to the 4th, to to walk and campaign for these senators. Uh, this coming weekend, um, the GOP, the G- Georgia GOP, is putting on an event uh, or some, some campaigning um, called Save the Senate. Go to um, georgiafightclub.com to learn more, to register to help these people. Do what you can to make sure we don't get absolutely trounce in the next coming years legislation I, I i implore you go to uh georgiafightclub.com to register uh, and see what you can do it's not that far away you'll have fun with the, the republicans there um you'll be do, doing the the lord's work as, as far as i'm concerned yeah look and shout out to sherry uh for passing along that information i mean i'll tell you what uh i got to go to louisiana for a runoff um and and that was a lot of fun so uh, again if you've never been a part of a campaign or maybe you've only volunteered at the local level absolutely sign up get to georgia it's a lot of fun um especially if uh you don't have plans for new year's you know you can go and help us win a couple elections well everything's they're doing a stuff from from now until the election which i think is the the 10th or something yeah. like that something, no no no. it's early it's the fifth the fifth okay yeah. so until the fifth that's why it's till the fourth yeah all yeah. right should we do stories you're watching yeah no. all right enable go first i am <laughs> watching the civil war in ethiopia i think it's quite fascinating to see how that's going to play out i'm also watching the um reduction of financial stability in hong kong those are my two and then i'm looking for property in argentina because they're <laughs> gonna devalue the peso again so nice. i mean it's, it's good for us as americans and people that want to live in Ar- or have spent some time in argentina Let me know. i need to go back to colombia yeah. The dollar, uh, the dollar is trading at 140 pesos in, in Argentina. It's wow. insane. Oh, Colombia is like 3,000 pesos. To oh, dollar. my gosh. Uh, I'm loving it. Amazing. Verkylan. Uh, uh, I covered what I need you just now. I mean, really, the most important thing to Republicans is the culture war, what I mentioned earlier, and uh, getting these two Senate seats uh, solid red. Um, so look at diversifying what you watch as far as the media turn off you know the the legacy tv networks and yep. uh watch daily wire watch yard sign which is watch know, other i did that years ago watch yeah. them watch the most <laughs> irrelevant important podcasts <laughs> that's right I share it all right akash what story are you watching out there uh the legislature in tallahassee you know keep mm-hmm. it local i think we have a oh. session where it has some new reps and some new senators obviously republican dominated in both houses and a republican governor but they're going to have to make some interesting choices. We've got good leadership in President Simpson and Speaker Sprouls, both local guys. And uh, it'll be really interesting. The session will be here before you know it. Committee week's next uh, next couple weeks. The budget. I'm fascinated to see what the budget's going to look like because everything yeah. everything yeah. should be slashed. Uh, what happened. Well, and to that point, uh, what I am excited about is, is that uh, seemingly everybody on the right side of the aisle is getting along, unlike uh, maybe a couple sessions ago. Uh, so I'm excited <laughs> about that. Also, a uh, little shout out to our friend Joe Gruders, uh, who is not senator. only a state senator from and the Sarasota Seminole. area. A He's a Seminole. Um, also running for re-election uh, as the chairman of the Republican Party of Florida. So uh, my endorsement to Joe, who did an amazing job, uh, literally crisscrossing the state, I think they hit just about every county hey, 39 counties is unbelievable that's uh, sure did. Fruits, awesome fruits awesome. of the labor i will say that you can definitely see it we had a great time in florida that election night and it's it to do a lot to do with him and his leadership yeah. so i would love to see it and love to see him to get on the, the on the podcast and see they'll actually here. both be oh, in georgia this weekend yeah. doing that campaigning i was talking about
uh, yes. both uh, Ziegler and Gruters. Yeah. So, story I'm watching is uh, BlackBerry, which is apparently still around. Uh, <laughs> just uh, announced a huge deal with Amazon on some proprietary technology they have for um, automated driving. And uh, so, uh, can we get BlackBerry phones back? I got some. I, oh my right. gosh! <laughs> I would yeah. love those. So I jumped on uh, that stock. I bought it at a little bit of uh, about eight dollars and change. So we'll see how it That's goes. Uh, you thank, like hardware failure? thank you, Robin Hood. <laughs> uh, so, but uh, I didn't even know they were around. But hey, I think any oh, deal with Amazon is a good deal, and so uh, I'm going to be in the, on that stock for the long haul. So far, you know, I don't know if you uh, and uh, guys have ever dabbled in Robin Hood, but my Robin Hood account is up eighty percent. Yeah, about seventy. I love it. Yeah, easy money. It's Anyways. an interesting way that the algorithm is playing, and it's such it's it's mo it moves the market, which is fascinating to see how that's happening. Because a lot of millennials and a lot of um, Zers actually um, use Robinhood, so it's interesting to see it. Yeah. And as long as there's no more scandals with Robinhood's leadership, I'm perfectly okay with it. <laughs> and all so right. I'm all in on the uh, revival of BlackBerry. All right. So <laughs> thank you again, everybody, for watching. Don't forget to subscribe, comment, share, uh, leave us some reviews. All right. And again, big news coming in the next few weeks uh, about this very show. Uh, we appreciate you so much for watching. On behalf of Akash Patel, Christopher Collin, and Anibal Cabrera, I'm Johnny Torres. Uh, we hope you had a great show as long as uh, as well as we did. Uh, we hope to see you back here next Monday, 7 o'clock. What? Wrap it up. Oh, wrap it up, B. <laughs> wrap it up. <laughs>